you are listening to the Spiritual Warrior Coach with Barbara Sabin, the podcast for discovering how powerful your wisdom, compassion, and courage is. Get ready to join Barbara and her guests as they explore and offer you advice on how to reclaim your power, your energy, and your authentic self. And now, here's the host of the show, Barbara Sabin. Well, thank you for joining me today, and welcome to the Spiritual Warrior Coach Podcast. I am your host, Barbara Sabin, and I am here to help you reclaim your power, your energy, and your authentic self. You know, I am a certified clinical and medical hypnotherapist, Reiki master and teacher, energy healing specialist, life coach, and best-selling author of Gentle Energy Touch, The Beginner's Guide to Hands-On Healing. You know, I have been helping my clients for over 35 years, and the older I get, the more wisdom seems to come through. So isn't it time that you believe in yourself? You know, your mind is going to provide you with your greatest challenges in life because it's so very, very powerful. So let's use it for positive thinking, creating harmony, balance, peace, love, happiness, and anything else that your heart desires, because one day the world will tap you on your shoulder and say, this is your time to shine. And speaking about shining, oh, I am so excited to have you on, James. How are you today? (laughs) I am great, Barbara. That was great. I loved that. I felt like, oh, I should just sit and listen to her. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. Really? Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, sometimes I I do really well. (laughs) No, that was great. I was, that was beautiful. You inspired me. Oh, well, thank you so much. And you inspire me. That's why you're one of my guests today. And I want to thank you, you know, tell my listeners a little bit about you. Well, Dr. James Mellon, he is the founding spiritual director of Global Truth Center in Los Angeles. And having founded the center in 2003 under the name, the NoHo Arts Center for New Thought, his extensive background in the entertainment industry covers theater, film, uh, television, recording, and dance. And his vision statement for his life is enlightenment through entertainment. And Dr. (laughs) Mellon is a sought after speaker teacher and inspirational leader in the field of personal growth. And he is the author of the book, Mental Muscle, 16 weeks of spiritual boot camp and lectures throughout the United States and Canada. And in his new book, The Five Questions has just been completed and will be published in this year, 2022. And you can find more information about him and his spiritual work at www.globaltruthcenter.org and thank you so much and welcome how are you today (laughs) i am good i am very very good i loved when you said the universe is going to tap you on the shoulder and and tell you you your greatness is ready it's (laughs) the universe is waiting for you to step into your greatness i love that yeah because they 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 do you know totally yeah and and we have a choice. We can say, all right, we're going to go for it. And, or we cannot do it. So it's completely up to us, but all of us have the ability to shine and, and do what it is that we need to do. Absolutely. Well, we have to be willing to make the decision to do it. Yes. Yeah. That's the rub, isn't it? It's like, yeah, I know I can do all of this. I have this little sticker on my um, wall and it says, just because I'm good at it doesn't mean I have to do it. Oh. <laughs> and that's and that's from somebody who I feel like there's been so many things I've been good at in my life, but it's like, yeah, I know I'm good at that, but do I want to do that? Because I really want to do this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just have to make a decision. Which will it be? And just go for it. Mm-hmm. Yes, totally. Yeah. Totally. So I know with you, I, and I know you were on Broadway, and yes. I... I was, I saw all those Broadway shows. That I know, we talked about that. You probably saw me on Broadway. I know I did. <laughs> because I, my husband was in the army and we would always get free tickets to see all the Broadway wow. shows. And we went every week. 
And, and wow. if he wasn't able to go, then I, I took a friend and I saw every show that there was. And yeah, so yeah. yeah. You've been on lots. I mean, what were some of the shows that that you actually did in Broadway? Well, you know, it's funny. I I grew up in Philadelphia, and um, but but so close. Philadelphia is so close to New York, but I never really went there. I didn't go oh. see a Broadway show until I was, I think I was nineteen in my in college, and I was in college on an acting scholarship, and so we all took a field trip to to New York to yeah. see. The opening of a new show didn't last very long, but um, I moved to New York right after I left. I left college in my junior year and said, I'm done. I want to just go start my life. And actually, my mother died. And I said, what am I waiting for? So I went to New York. My first Broadway show was uh, just like a year and a half later. I got my first Broadway show, which was a show called Very Good Eddie. It was a 1920s musical they were reviving. And I played this character, Rollo Munn was his name. <laughs> and I, I would play a, a banjo at the top of act two, sing the opening song to act two and do this huge dance. That was my first, first job on Broadway. And then, um, then I did Chorus Line mm -hmm. for a while. And then my, although Chorus Line was after this, my first big break was doing West Side Story. Jerome Robbins cast me himself and it was Jerome Robbins directing and Stephen Sondheim and Leonard Bernstein. They were all together putting the show. It was their first revival since their original production. So, uh, so that was good. And that's really what catapulted my career. And then I did 42nd street and I did this little musical called I, I'm, I'm getting my act together and taking it on the road. I bet you saw that because that was, yeah, that was a woman's musical. It was about women's rights in, at, oh. at the New York Shakespeare Festival. Mm -hmm. And it ran for two years at the New York Shakespeare Festival. Oh, we, I, I saw everything there was to see. Because, <laughs> no. I mean, I, li I lived, uh, we lived in Brooklyn. And so taking the train uh, to Manhattan was not a big deal the back then. No, not, not at all. And you know, the funny thing is I lived on the Upper West Side and on my way to work every night to the Minskoff Theater, I would literally walk or ride my bike down Broadway, right past Lincoln Center. And I would constantly see pictures of these two men who I didn't know who they were. And I really wasn't really paying attention, but I remember seeing Raymond Charles Barker and Eric Butterworth, these mm -hmm. two giant pictures of these two men. And I'd be like, wonder what they do. And then I never paid really paid much attention until many years later, like, like, well, I'm saying many now, it doesn't seem that that long, but from like 1974, I don't think I really paid attention to around 1990. Wow. And that was when someone finally asked me to go to Lincoln Center to hear, um, uh, well, that time it wasn't Raymond Charles Barker, he had passed, a man named Stuart Grayson, who was teaching religious science. Oh, and that's how you, so how did you, I mean, from a Broadway actor, you know, how did you now get into this work that you're doing today? You know, it, it, it's really funny. I didn't, I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> I was not planning on giving up my career <laughs> to become a minister. Uh -huh. um, and uh, I went to, uh, Somebody brought me to a lecture and, and the funny, here's the funny story. They took me to a lecture at, a at Alice Tully Hall I was supposed to go to and I misheard them and I went to Avery Fisher Hall and I heard Eric Butterworth speak. So I never got to go hear the person I was supposed to hear and I fell in love with Eric Butterworth and stayed with him for years until I moved out to LA. I had written this new musical. I was starring in it. The show was a huge hit. I came out to LA and did it. And then a friend of mine said, again, do you want to come hear my minister speak? And I've, I've always been very spiritual. And I said, yeah, I, I need, I got to find a church out here that I like. I went to hear him speak. I was hooked to see, and it was religious science. The church that I didn't go to that day. At oh, Lincoln that Center. day. Well, Isn't that know, funny? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's spiritual timing. And the universe, you get to hear when you're ready to hear. Mm -hmm. And I might not have been ready. I was a, you know, I was Catholic and <clears throat> I, I went from Catholicism to unity. That's an easy step. Catholicism to religious science could be harder because it's it's way more, 
intense in terms of its understanding of well quantum physics and such. And I might not have been ready for that then. When I got to LA, I was, and well, that's that was it. So now, how so? How did this all begin for you? You know, besides that, then what steps did you take to get well, in Broadway and? I stay. I stayed in theater. I mean, I've. I'm, here's the funny part. I've been. I. I still am in theater. I still produce. I have a brand new musical. We're just about to go into rehearsals on a workshop for. So I went and took classes with this teacher. Went to Sunday services, and my husband and I both loved it. We loved the church, and but we'd go off to do shows, and I'd go back to New York and do a show. And Kev then Kevin got Lion King on Broadway, oh. playing playing Scar. So it was like, oh, I guess you're going to be in New York for a while. But I stayed out here because I was studying. And so we just went back and forth between New York and L.A. And I kept studying and I went through year one, year two, two years of year three, then ministerial. And Dr. Walker, who was my mentor, said, I think you should become a minister. And I, I, I was like, what are you, crazy? No, I'm an actor. I'm a writer. I'm a director. I've, I, my career is like soaring minister no uh -huh. but he said well why don't you just take ministerial because it'll be a good growth experience and i was like i could do that so i took the ministerial track for two years oh. and when i graduated all of my talents everything i was able to do naturally were very beneficial to becoming a minister but i thought okay i think i'm going to be more like the minister that just gives a lecture here and there in between my movies and Broadway shows. Mm -hmm. That was my plan. Okay. <laughs> and one day I was sitting in a lecture hall watching somebody speak. And this, you know how you say they, they talk about getting a calling? Well, this was a visceral calling. My entire body heated up. There was this thing feeling that wafted over me. And I'm looking at this man speak in front of me, brilliant man. And uh, I think it was it. Yeah, Jim Golden, really wonderful Buddhist. And I started crying. Oh. I was like, because uh, wait, it was kind of a grief and excitement at the same time. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be a minister. I have to do this. And I was like, and when I told my husband, I said, Kevin, I think I need to open a church and, and be a minister. He went, absolutely not. That will ruin every weekend for the rest of our lives. Oh. <laughs> But I said, you know, I mm -hmm. kind of have to do it. So he's been very supportive. So I did. I opened up a little church in North Hollywood. But here's the thing, Barbara. I opened up a church by buying a theater. Oh, you're kidding. We bought, we uh. bought this theater complex that had a 100-seat uh -huh. theater and a 50-seat theater in it and mm -hmm. great offices. And so we bought the building and I opened, the. you said it in your intro, the NoHo Art Center for New Thought. Mm -hmm. and opened the Open at the Top Theater Company. So I ran a church and a vibrant theater company wow. simultaneously. That's why my, my motto is enlightenment through entertainment. Oh, I was going to ask you that, why that, that is. Yeah. You're still doing that. You're still. Yes. Oh, yes. I, I, it, you know, I think people are who they are mm -hmm. and it, it, it influences and informs what mm -hmm. they do. So um, I will always be in the entertainment field in one way or another. If I'm directing a show or writing a show or performing in a show, I'll always be doing that along the way. Yeah, and, and who? nobody's better at theater than the Catholic Church, mm -hmm. by the way. <laughs> I mean, I grew up Catholic. That was really a great show every Sunday. That, that is. I've been to, I mean, I'm Jewish, but I've been to Catholic um, uh, on Sundays. So yeah, it is. It's yeah. I'm mean, speaking of being Jewish. Do you know what one of my first shows was I did in, in high school? No, college, my freshman year of college, I played Mottle in Fiddler on a Roof. Oh my. <laughs> I was the most Irish looking Jew you could imagine. <laughs> I saw Fiddler on the Roof. Yes. Oh, I loved doing Fiddler on a Roof. Especially yes. dancing, you know, so yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. I loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Yeah. And actually, I saw The Lion King. So um, you might have seen Kevin. Yeah, I'm sure of it. Because yeah. he also came back. He did it here in L.A. as well. OK. 
Yeah, we saw it back east. I actually I took my grandkids um, twice to it. My, oh, no, my daughter. My daughter. What am I saying? My grandkids. My daughter. Were you in the orchestra? Uh, probably was. Yeah, because we usually always got orchestra seats. Yeah. So, so how did you feel when that elephant came down the aisle? Do you remember when the animals came down the aisles? Oh, it was, it was, it was unbelievable. It, ah, stunning. The feeling was was astonishing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, I was like a child. I, I saw it in. Minneapolis at its first performance, mm. the first ever performance, because Kevin was in the in the first performance, the first show of it. And I remember sitting there and he hadn't told me anything. I flew into Minneapolis and, and I said, so what's it like? He goes, no, I just want you to experience it. Yeah. So I'm sitting, I had a great house seat right on the aisle, about fifth row back. And I'm watching and I'm feeling very overwhelmed by the whole, yes. <laughs> and it just, makes you so excited and then all of a sudden over in. my left shoulder comes this gigantic elephant mm -hmm. i got goosebumps now i think oh, i did it. too because i remember <laughs> yes and i was like i was like oh my god this is in a theater and then the giraffes came on stage and oh it was just not ever in my lifetime had i been so moved by a theatrical performance oh yeah that was just uh, uh unbelievable Yep. And there was no role for me because you, you, oh. <laughs> the only the only character that could be white. Well, that's not true. The white character could be Scar. Scar could be white. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I think it's very different now. And Timon, you know, the guy who sings Hakuna Matata, mm -hmm. Timon and Pumbaa. Well, I couldn't play Pumbaa. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't a Scar because no. I wasn't I didn't have that deep voice yeah. i could have played i could have played um timon except i was too old oh <laughs> so there was that <laughs> i forgot yeah what was the reason oh yeah because i was 50 for god's sake yeah wow yeah broadway was i i i miss it actually um uh well a best friend of mine pat benator um oh wow yeah she took me um um it was Let's see, in October, October or November, uh, they're doing uh, the Pat Benatar. Oh, my God, I, I can't even remember what it is. It's going on. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I know about this. Right. And so she invited uh, myself and some of my friends to, to see the, um, uh, rehearsal. the workshop rehearsal. Yeah. yeah. And oh, I mean, I know her songs by heart. We've known each other for over 15 years. And when. I'm sitting there, and now the songs are, are you know, composed differently now. Of and course, yeah. It was unbelievable. And I said to her, wow. You know, so she wrote it. They, they did everything, her and, and Spider. And um, oh, that's, that's, that's amazing. This will be unbelievable when it, when it finally gets to Broadway. And so I think it's supposed to come like uh, March or April of this year. Well, and Broadway needs, to, needs new musicals right now because it, it needs... It needs well, it needs to come back to life. Mm -hmm. You know what? We all need to come back to life, to be honest. Yes, we you do. Know, I, just, just last week, yeah, what am I saying last week? Yesterday, I was standing in front of the congregation and I was like, you know, and I was in Palm Desert. <clears throat> I was like, you know what? We need to be responsible. We need to take care of ourselves. But we also need to live our lives. Yeah, that's what I, I said. So I'm done letting a virus tell mm -hmm. me how to live my life. So I wear a mask when I go out. Mm -hmm. I have I have both vaccines and a booster, and those that don't because they can't or choose not to, mm -hmm. and they just have to take care of themselves. But we all just need to go live our lives. Right. That's why I tell everyone: don't allow fear to hold you back. Because when this moment in time leaves you, guess what? You're not getting it back. And yes. so it's so important to live in the moment, to go out and do what we need to do. And uh, I mean, we there's so many illnesses everywhere, uh, yeah. from the flu to everything else. So why why are we living in, in all this fear? But I, I I feel it has a lot to do yeah. with the television and everything else, and you know, just oh, yeah. us fearful and divided. <clears throat> so no, I, I agree. And you know, I grew up in the 1970s and 80s in New York City, and. In 1983, I had been cast to star in 42nd Street, and I went to Boston, where it had just opened. This huge production had just opened, and they were replacing the leading man, and I got it. 
And I went there and within my first couple of weeks in Boston, my best friend got deathly sick. And, and he was my roommate. And I was like, what are you sick with? And when I went, I flew into New York to visit him to see what was going on. You know, it's just a puddle jumper from Boston to New York. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I went in and they put me in a, this space suit to go into his room. They said, he's highly contagious. I said, with what? They were like, we don't know. Oh. So, so he died of AIDS and I had never heard the word. I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And I walked into that room and there was this beautiful 26 year old boy. We were all just chilled. I was only there. I just turned 30 back then. No, I was still 29. I hadn't turned 30 yet. And I remember the fear that, that AIDS struck in the hearts of, of, mostly the gay community, because it was painted that way, that this is where it comes from. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, but the fear of, 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 of your, your health, the 20-somethings back then shouldn't have had to hold the, you know, carry the burden of, of imminent death. Mm -hmm. Usually then you think you're invincible. Mm -hmm. but, but the gay community did not think they were invincible. In fact, they started feeling like they were very jeopardized. Mm -hmm. So... I have felt this whole COVID thing. There's, there's like a deja vu of, of, now it's the whole world, you know, worried about their health. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, I'm happy to lead the parade on let's live our lives. Yes, and we should, you know, back East, uh, I actually did a healing on AIDS and HIV. You did? Yeah. And, and I had friends that say, aren't you afraid that you're going to catch it? And I say, no, God will protect me. I, I don't have any cuts on my hands or anything. And the thing that they wanted most was someone to just to touch them. Sure. Because everyone was afraid. And, and this uh, reminds me now with the COVID, people sure. are afraid to touch again. Oh, don't hug. Don't hug me. Don't oh, keep yeah. your mask on. Yeah. No, I know. It's, it's, it's I don't know. It's, um, Hopefully this will be gone soon. Um, who knows? You know, I mean, I had COVID twice. <laughs> so. I know you told me that. I was like <laughs> twice and I had it once, but I didn't know I had it because I had no symptoms. Oh. I, I, I just, I tested because I test. Mm -hmm. I test every week just because I'm around so many people. And when the test came back positive. I was like, what? what? That's uh -huh. it's, it's false. So I went to a clinic and it was still positive. I was it's like, positive. wow. So I had to isolate. It's amazing how your world changes in that moment. Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah and it was the night right before our big New Year's Eve uh, celebration in Palm Desert. We were doing a, a burn. Throw it in into the. You're freezing a little thing. bit. Um, yeah, you, you just froze for a moment. So say oh, that I did. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, the, the burning bowl server. Hmm. I don't know why you're freezing. It's a burn. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's your connection or mine. Maybe they don't want to. The universe doesn't want to hear about the burning bowl. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, we need to live our lives again. But um, so getting back to, to you and your, uh, your beautiful center. How did you actually, you know, uh, work with this consciousness studies? Like what got, got you into all this? Well, once I opened the church mm -hmm. and once I did a lot, I mean, I studied everything I could study about uh, religious science and then new thought going back to Phineas Quinby. Did you ever, ever hear of a man named Phineas Quinby? No. No. Phineas Quimby is considered the father of new thought. And he, did you ever hear of a man named Anton Mesmer? No, but you know what? If I see it, then I know, I know it. So, but yeah. th think, think of the word Mesmer. Oh, Mesmer. <laughs> Mesmerized. <laughs> That's where it comes from, from uh -huh. him. Oh. Ant Anton Mesmer uh -huh. found that the subjective subconscious mind is impressionable and that you can mesmerize someone by tapping into their subconscious mind. And in that state of receptivity, 
you can give them suggestions. Now you are a hypnotherapist, mm -hmm. <laughs> so you know yes. you're not making anybody do anything they don't want to do. No, you're you're asked you're you're bringing them into a state of receptivity. Mm -hmm. And um, so Mesmer realized that actually he's the he's the forefather of hypnotism. So then I know I know him. Then of course you do. You probably had to study him. So <clears throat> Mesmer taught this man named Phineas Quinby. But Phineas Quinby said, well, wait, if we can touch the subconscious of a person, then we can suggest the truth as well. We can suggest healing. Mm -hmm. We can suggest that the body doesn't accept everything it's here to accept. So Phineas Quinby started teaching that and he was extremely successful. And then he healed this woman named Mary Baker Eddy, the founder of Christian science. Oh. Okay. And she created Christian Science, and from that came all these offsprings. And um, so, for me, when I got into all of that, I was like, "Wait, if this is where the power is, if the power is in my mind mm -hmm. and my consciousness and my belief system, even even you know some of the great teachers in the world, of Jesus of Nazareth said, mm -hmm. it's done unto you as you believe.' Um, I think Jesus was one of the greatest Jews." <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, me, he, had, he was such a great teacher. Savior, mm, not so much for me, you know. Mm -hmm. But 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 a truth teller. Truth teller, yes. Yeah. So once I got all that, it just started to shift. I was like, well, I love acting, I love writing, I love directing, but I now speak every Sunday as well, and now I have to teach classes, and now I have clients that I counsel, and it just turned into what feeds my soul the most. And to be honest, the work I do as a minister feeds my soul so much. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot for me to turn around and take another project on, such as a, a play or a musical or a TV show. It's different, isn't it? Once you, you, you know what you're supposed to be doing. Yes. But you know what's funny, Barbara? Now I'm like, okay, I've been a minister for 25 years, over 25 years, and I'm being pulled back into television. I'm being pulled back into musicals. So I have this TV series that I wrote that, that is very, people are very excited about it at Netflix. I haven't been able to finish it because I've been very busy, um, but that's one avenue I might take. I've got this new musical, uh, which we will definitely do our best to get that to Broadway. So, you know, enlightenment through entertainment to me means I will always be focusing on the good and the exciting and the inspirational that people can experience, whether it be a musical, a play, a movie, a TV series, or I'm standing on stage at the Global Truth Center. Global Truth Center. Now, do you feel with, with, with all this that uh, you should be doing some spiritual shows or movies or? Well, I do do one show. I have a TV pilot that's been produced. <clears throat> um, we've done three episodes. And those episodes are now being turned into a what's called a sizzle reel for the producers, the networks to all look at and see if they would like to buy that product. And it's called the interview. Oh. So you you know the view, which um, which you look like you you should be on the view as one of the people. You do. You could totally. You're beautiful. You're dressed amazingly. Well, but my different, I'm very different than they are. That's for sure. <laughs> you are, but we need more perspectives. I know they're so close, right? but it's okay. Yes, mm -hmm. it's true. So I created this thing called the interview, meaning I'm not interested in what you've done out in the world. I'm interested in what's happening inside of you. Mm -hmm. So I took Mark Nepo, acclaimed writer, Mark Nepo. I took Holland Taylor, Emmy award-winning actress from, from, uh, uh, Two and a Half Men and all the other shows she was nominated for. And then Ricky Byers, who used to be married to uh, Michael Beckwith. So I took those three in three one-hour segments and I used my five questions from my new book right. to get to know what they, what they believe. I mean, for instance, the first question in my book is this. I'm going to ask you and oh. just say, <laughs> what's your answer to this? So if, I were, if you were to ask yourself, why am I here? Why am I here? Boy, I thought about that many, many years. But in my heart, I was here to finally fulfill something that made me afraid in other lifetimes. And that is to be a healer and to help others. 
Oh, I love that. And I finally realized that in my, I would say just about my 40s, when mm. I said, what am I doing? You know, uh, my grandma was a healer. Why am I in the corporate world? Why am I so fearful mm. about saying who I am? And that's when I realized this is who I am. And no matter what anyone says, stay focused and say, stay true to yourself. And that's what I have been doing for the past 33 years. Well, I'll be 74 this year. So I've been doing it since my 40s. You look great. Well, 74. That's all the, the, the healing, I think. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you're like, you know what? You're somebody, you're like that movie when Harry met Sally. When uh, the woman turns and says, I want what she's having. What she's got, uh-huh. Yeah. And that's what people do looking at you. They're like, I want what she's having. How, what, look at her. Um, uh, people tell me that. How do you stay this way? And I say, well, there's no facelift or anything. You know, I take care of oh. my body, healthy. Yeah, I was at a party on Saturday, a 60th birthday party, and I am 67. And so I'm at this birthday party and I was sitting with a bunch of oh, gay men, one woman, and, and they were all talking about the work they'd have done. And this person literally turned to me and said, I'm just going to guess you had that wire thing put in because look at your jaw. There's no way you're 67 and have that jaw so tight with no sagging skin. And I went, I've had no work done, zero. And they were like, no, how old are you? And I said, I'm going to be 67. And my husband leans over and went, you already are 67. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you're right. I'm sorry, I'm going to be 68. And people were like, no way. But you know what? Of course you do. Because your body, and this is one of my programs I teach called BODs being our dynamic selves. Mm -hmm. Your body shows you what your mind is thinking. Yes. Your body's a reflection of your consciousness. So I think I'm still in my 20s. So my body, although it's <laughs> struggling to keep up with uh -huh. that image, but it's still, it's like, yeah, we're young, we're young. That's what I believe. It's not like I'm trying to be that. I believe that. And so must you. I, I do. You know, when everyone says, wow, you, you, you could be 74 years old. You know, don't you feel tired or no, I, I don't and I don't feel it. Number one, it's just it's just a number the way I look. Yes, at it. exactly. But, you know, I think positive. I always say to myself, I am healthy. I am peaceful. I am calm. I am energetic. You know, thank you, God, for everything. You know, I, I, I use a lot of positive affirmations uh, right. every single day for myself. And I think very positive. You know, yes, yeah, sometimes, you know, things happen. But the thing is not to become a victim of the situation and to move past it. Well, you know, I teach this thing called your AEPs, your already established premises. Mm -hmm. In my center, everybody's like, oh, my God, what is my AEP? So your AEP is your core belief, let's say. So my big AP, AEP is this. My life is unfolding perfectly. No matter what. Yes. My life is unfolding perfectly. And... Because of that, I think the way I think. So when something happens, I'm not instantly derailed by, by an event. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm there saying, okay, if my life is unfolding perfectly, what do I need to know here? Right. And that's where, that's where the five questions came from. The first question, why am I here? You just answered beautifully in such, in such a profoundly um, expansive way, but it can be used the other way too. Wherever you, like right now you're sitting in your den, your study, your office, mm -hmm. talking to me. And so that still asks, why am I here? Why am I here on Barbara's show today at this time? Like, what's the answer to that? Why am I here? Because mm -hmm. I could be in so many different places. You could be in so many different places. Mm -hmm. um, why am I here? And, that, and, and I don't look for answers. I let answers find me. And so as I just asked that question, just to be honest, what came up inside of me was because this woman, you were drawn to this woman because she has something to teach you. Oh. So that's what I got when I just asked that question. Why am I here in this room with you right now? And it's funny because I get you <clears throat> your newsletters. I had no idea who you are, to be quite honest, <clears throat> you know, in, at the center. Um, I haven't been there for quite a while. And all of a sudden I heard, 
interview him. <laughs> well, I, who is he? <laughs> you know, but I know. And and there was the, this connection. And then when you you mentioned that you took over the Westlake, you know, the Westlake in thousand oh, I I used to always go there. Uh, and then for some reason, the past few years just had stopped going. But yeah. I my message to me was I need to get back to going there. I'm so excited for you to come some Sunday. I, I'll be excited to see you in the flesh. Mm -hmm. I mean, to actually be able to give you a hug. Yes. And if, I will, if you're hugging. I I'm hugging. Hug. Yes, I hug. Good. I hug. I'm good, not good, afraid good. of a hug. My clients, you know, I, I hug everybody. I, I do too. You know, I'm like, uh -huh. and here's why. Because I hug them. I'm like, you know what? I'm in, I'm in charge of my consciousness. And I'm, I'm very healthy. So I'm not giving you anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm always clear. But the... The first question of the five questions, the why am I here? Um, and I know I've told you this story, but um, I believe the worst thing that could ever happen to me in my entire life was to have anything happen to my children. Mm -hmm. And of course, my daughter was in a very terrible car accident and passed right. at night at 19, and this is three years ago. And when I, I was the first one on the scene and showed up, and I, I was just talking about this recently. I kind of knew when I showed up that she was gone, mm. even though they were, she was, they were keeping, I mean, she was still breathing, but I knew she was gone. And they, they pretty much told me that, but it was just me. We're four parents, two moms, two dads. I was the only one that got there and was there for like an hour with her, but she was not there. Mm -hmm. And that question popped into my head. I was like, why am I here? Why are we here, Nora, mm -hmm. right now? Why, why, why? And I got an email, not an email, Facebook. Someone posted on Facebook that week, um, the week that, that happened on a Sunday and she didn't pass until Thursday. And so right after she passed, somebody wrote on Facebook, they said, I'm sure you're going to have to reevaluate your, your AEP because surely you can't believe that your life is unfolding perfectly now. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And they didn't mean it badly. They did. They, it wasn't mean, but it was a real, see, life doesn't always unfold perfectly. And I had to, I had to really check my heart and my soul and go, how do I really believe? And you know what? I went, nope. I still believe my life is unfolding perfectly. Who am I to think that Nora didn't, that that wasn't her perfect final moment and that she was ready to move on to whatever that is which mm -hmm. i don't know what it is is it my perfect my life unfolding perfectly losing my daughter my most precious daughter um who's to say that's not true too in the grand scheme of the infinite universe that we live as so and the fact that this person wrote that that was on friday made me go back to church on Sunday when I was going to take a sabbatical for a few months. I got right back up on stage and said, I'm only standing here today because of that, 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 that post on Facebook to let you all know, I don't change what I say. I will not go back on what I say just because something happened as devastating as this. Yeah, that was a big, that was a big lesson for me. Took you also know? a lot of courage to get on stage and Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was funny. Um, we did her memorial service on De in December, like a couple, about a month after that. And everybody wanted me to sit back and just take it all in. And I said, no, no. I'm going to do the service. I will lead this memorial service. And <clears throat> I was thinking to myself, I can't do this. I can't do this. And Nora used to joke with me about when she'd get married. She'd always say, Dad, you know, you're marrying me. When I get married, you're marrying me. I'm like, Nora, I couldn't marry you. I, I'd be sobbing through the whole thing. It would be like a messy wedding. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. And she said, I hope I can say this on your show. She said, Dad, you know what? You're just going to have to grow a pair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. And so when I was making the decision to do her service, I could literally hear her saying, Oh, I don't care if you cry through the whole memorial service, grow a pair and do it. I don't want anyone else doing this. Mm -hmm. So I did it. And I told the story during her memorial about her hearing her say, grow a pair. 
And a week later, this couple from the center showed up at my house, which I found weird because people don't just show up at your house. Mm -hmm. And they rang the bell. I was like, hi. And they were like, we know you're grieving. We know you don't want to talk to anybody, but we have a gift for you. I said, okay. And they said, just come out front for a second. And they had brought me this giant pear tree. And they said to me, now you can grow a pear. Pear. That's and it's now, it's now planted in the front of my house. Probably and I see blossoming like crazy. <laughs> we've had some pears, yes. <laughs> but uh, I've, I now see her every time I walk by that pear. And that's what I remember. Oh, that's, that's, that's a beautiful story, but it's, it's a sad story. It so, is. It is very sad. sad. Um, and you, ha you have another child. You have, you, you had. She was a twin. Oh. Will, Will and Nora. And they were. Uh, best friends and he's doing great he's graduating from uh um texas state university in may okay. on the dean's list he is an amazing screenwriter he's winning all these awards for his screenplays wow, and uh i know i'm so excited i'm like write me a part in one of these movies oh, yeah, right. i'm not done with uh, that yet uh -huh. <laughs> uh, yeah and he's a wonderful actor and he's a great singer i mean he's he's really a, and he's but more importantly he is a beautiful soul, beautiful and, soul. He, and he grew up in this teaching and he gets this teaching. He gets that his mind is really important to stay focused, to know what he wants to create, what he wants to create in his life. So he's great. He's trying to get me to do all these. Um, have you done one yet? Have you done any of those TikToks? No, not yet. But my grandkids keep on saying, Grandma, why aren't you on TikTok? Yes, you need to be, Grandma. You need to be on TikTok. <laughs> I have eight grandchildren. <laughs> so use them, hire them. Really? No, I should. <laughs> I have finally hired my son. I said, well, the church will pay you $25 for every TikTok you do. And he's like, really? How many can I do? I said, don't do more than four a week. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not paying you $1,000 a month to do TikToks. Uh -huh. but, but now he goes to my talk. I haven't seen them yet. He hasn't posted them yet. He goes to my talk, snippets off a little piece and creates a TikTok around the talk. He writes in what, what he feels about what I've said. I mean, it's, and it's for his generation. So Ooh. I love it. I mean, it's I, great. I should do that. I should do that. Yes. No. Talk to your grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, two live in Florida, they're four and six, but the ones here, <laughs> well, one's a Marine. He's 23 years old. So he's out. That's of not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. But all the other ones are from 16 to 22. There so, you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pick the one that needs the most money. No, don't do that. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know which one does. So, <laughs> yeah, No, pick the most talented one, the one that's doing this sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I think they all are. But yeah, one in particular does it better. So, yeah. I, I, pick I, that I, one. I just ask her and say, you know, every time, because I, I see, I, I, I go every week. It's like grandma week. Even though they all drive, oh, I, still, I still go until that's great. you know. And all of a sudden, it, it somewhat yeah. ends. But they tell me, and they'll never end. And they'll come here. But um, yeah, we should do a TikTok because she always she's she videos me every time we're we're in the car and shows her friends. I'm with my grandma and blah 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 and blah blah blah. So I don't know. She may be TikToking me for all. I know. Oh, she could do a great TikTok when you're in the car. Tell her to ask you a question from the back seat or if she's in the driver's seat. And she could just, you can just be driving and answer a question and she'll do that as a TikTok. A little 10 second, well, this is what I think about that. And then it just goes out and people just love hearing from people like you. Ah, oh, you know, she did ask me a question last week that I did answer. Uh, so I, did, she do it, did you answer it on film? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you got to call her and say, <laughs> get that, turn that into a TikTok and send it to me. And then put it on put it on all your social media and you need to get a TikTok account. Okay, okay so now I will. Now that you say <laughs> <laughs> I figured I, who wants to listen to an old fogey, but you know. <laughs> what did what did you say in the beginning? Because it was so perfect. You said, yeah. I have discovered that these that the older I get, the more wisdom shows. The more comes wisdom shows. Me. Yeah, sure does. Let me tell yeah. you. <laughs> Remember when we used to like revere the elders? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's coming back. Yeah. We have let's a lot of knowledge. Yeah, let's bring it back, you and me. Yeah. Let's just bring it back. It's a plan. <laughs> that's yes, that's <laughs> good. Not only that, 
Revere your elders and, and look how good they can look at this age. That's right. You bet. And it's all yep. about taking care of yourself. And, but it's more of this. Is anything yes. else? And that's, and that's the whole thing. You know, you asked me how, how did I incorporate, how do I incorporate this into it? How did I turn into this out of being an actor? But mm -hmm. to me, it's all God. And, and, and when I say God, um, God can be the mo one of the most divisive words in the, in the English language or any language because everybody has their own idea of what God is, mm -hmm. you know, and Catholics have their version, the Hindus have their version, the Jewish faith has their version. Um, so many different ideas of God. It seems ridiculous, really, that we would not realize, you know, you're all talking about the same thing, right? It's mm -hmm. the same thing, no matter what it is. Even, even scientists, neuroscientists that are talking about the quantum field being the energized field of creativity, which is God. It's all God. If it's, it's all, God. all God, yeah, it's all God. So to me, I'm just as much spiritual when I'm bowling as I am when I'm giving a lecture. Mm -hmm. And I actually think, but don't you feel that everything you do, you find spiritual now at certain points oh, in your life? That I, I, you know, my, my thing is to know it, trust it, and truly believe it. Because yes, totally. it's there. And no matter what you do, uh, there's, there's a reason for everything. We may not know what the reason is, but it's yep. there. It's there. And sometimes we need to be more aware, more mindful. And if some of my clients are having a bad day, I tell them, you know, just go outside. Look at all the beauty that is around us. Take time to just stay still and just breathe. Mm -hmm. Just be mindful of actually just your breathing, you know. Yes. Uh, and yeah, God is, is us. But yes. God is us. There's no doubt. I quoted, I quoted Alan Watts yesterday. And um, he said, he said, it is time for us. Jesus knew that he was God. Mm -hmm. So when are we going to wake up and realize it? He said, I get it in this, in our culture, this world today, we will be made fun of for it, or it'll be blasphemy to some that were saying, I am God. He said, but go to India, wake up from a sound sleep, turn to one of your friends or neighbors and say, I just had a dream. I, I woke up and realized that I was God. And they'll look at you and say, finally, you're remembering. Fine. Yes. You know, and I, I'd love, mm -hmm. I'd love the world to get there, to really get it, that that's what we all are, that we're one people living on one planet. Well, I I always say all is one. We are all one, no matter yes. who we are, what we are, we are one, one. Mm -hmm. and, and that doesn't mean we all have to turn into Stepford wives. No. Everybody, no. everybody has to be the same. Mm -hmm. The individuality of people right. is, is fascinating and mm -hmm. exciting. I want, I, I want everybody to have their own personality and individuality. Mm -hmm. But if we understand it still comes from that oneness, it changes, changes the game. Everybody's everybody's your brother and sister. That's what I say. And, you know, you, you have people that just look at you as if, you know, <laughs> but think about it. You know, we, we all, uh, you know, every one of us, someone gave birth to us, you know, we all yep. bleed the same, you know, uh, pretty much we are the same except for a little other different type of characteristics and stuff. And yeah. And, and you know, uh, when you look outside and you see the the stars and the moon and the ocean and the birds and the trees and and all the different beings, how can you not believe that we are all of the same? Because we are so good at blocking our good. Mm -hmm. We're so good at not noticing. And you and I are so similar because I, that, that's the exact same thing I would tell anybody as I tell myself, if you're stuck, Go take a walk, mm -hmm. leave the house, <clears throat> go and look at what you're walking past. Because I guarantee you, you haven't noticed a lot of what's out there, no. even if it's in your front yard. And you probably never notice a hummingbird maybe coming over to the flowers or no. a bee or a bird. You know, I, I feed the birds in the backyard and uh, I always put, you know, bird seed and water. But it's not just the birds that come. The squirrel comes, too. And it amazes oh, me. Sure. You know, it, and I just look at the squirrels when they pick up the corn and they sit there chewing on it. And it, I just take that moment to appreciate that, look, they're, they're part of us. This is all part of life. 
Yep. Yep. That's so funny. You said I feed the birds up. All I could think of was Mary Poppins. I love, I love, I mean, I love all animals, but I, I am so drawn to birds that, um, yeah. and even when we lived back East in Brooklyn and in Staten Island, I always had bird feeders, even though, and more so back then because it was so cold and I knew the birds need to, you know, the yeah. animals need to eat. And I'm always yeah. praying for rain here in California so that, even though, you know, the coyotes and the snakes and everybody else, I don't look at them. Yeah, of course they could do harm, you know, to others, but I look yeah. at them, they do need to live and, and, and eat yeah. and have water. Yeah. Yes. I, there was a coyote, uh, <laughs> coyote killing in the neighborhood recently of cat, the little cat was mm. eaten by a coyote and it was sad, but yeah. <laughs> I turned to, I turned to Kevin and I said, Every time we come upon one of these, all I hear in my head is Elton John singing Circle of Life. It's the circle of life. Mm -hmm. And because that is what's happening. It just, you know, just it's goes on. I have a funny story about Nora. Um, I was in the kitchen when she was like six. I was in the kitchen cooking. And she's like, Daddy, Daddy, come outside. I'm like, Nora, I'm in the middle of cooking. No, Daddy, you can't believe it. And so I ran, I went outside. I was like, what up, what? She's standing over by the pool and there was this little vine that had grown up the side of the gate. And there was this gorgeous little yellow flower. And she went, look at this. And I looked at it and I was like, wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. In my head, I'm going, she's, she's making a big thing out of it. And then she looked, turned to me, she looked at me, she went, dad, it wasn't here yesterday. Oh. Oh my God, my whole world just, I was like, how many times do I miss something that wasn't here yesterday is here today and will probably be gone tomorrow, but I wasn't looking. No, we don't. But it was such a great lesson. It's like, dad, this wasn't here yesterday. I'm like, oh, okay. That's just amazing what children can teach us and show us. And so I agree with you, go outside, walk in your neighborhood, walk by the trees and the flowers and your mind cannot stay set in what you were thinking. No, when I see an animal that may have passed, I always ask God to send it, you know, up to him with love and light and healing because it, it needs to heal and go to the light if it didn't. Yeah. So, yeah, no matter what it is, I, it could be a little, a little insect. I, I still send it to the light. Yep, absolutely. Because, again, we're all part of the same Mm -hmm. we are all part of the same and and we're all going to the same place because mm -hmm. we're all at the same place mm -hmm. because we're all part of this one thing and i don't know what's going to happen when i die um you know there's so many stories of what's going to happen and people have so many different experiences of it all the near-death experiences but in my mind i'm still like mm, i don't have i don't have absolute certain proof of what's going to happen i just know it's going to continue. Yeah, I, I think this is all like um, like a bit big uh, rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> you could say. Yeah. Well, for God's sake, let's get to the performance. <laughs> yes, I know. Well, I don't know if I want to go to the performance right now. Oh, <laughs> that's when the performance is. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this is all a rehearsal. <laughs> I've always I've always enjoyed the rehearsal better than the performances. Because as an actor, you uh -huh. rehearse, rehearse if you're doing a big show, you rehearse for like six weeks and it's so much fun and exciting and it tests every aspect of your being. And then you open and then you gotta do the same show every day, every week for eight shows a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I know we're running into our ending here, but I had a moment in 42nd Street. Now you've seen it, right? Oh, yes, seen yeah. So, mm -hmm. so I played Billy Lawler and they would bring out this gigantic dime roll out and I'd be running in front of it and they drop it to a big thud. I would jump on top of the dime and then with like 20 chorus girls around me all looking up at me, I would do this elaborate tap dance. Well, after about six months of doing it, it was like, yeah, it was still exciting, but you know, I've been doing this for six months. So it, I'm going, running out and the dime plops and I jump up. And the next thing I know, it's the end of the number. And I'm like, I'm like posed in this position and 2000 people are screaming because that number got such applause, screaming. And I was like, oh my God, I don't remember doing the number. Oh. I, I, I went somewhere else. I was like, 
what am I doing after the show? Maybe we should try this restaurant. And But I'm still doing the number. And I was like, <laughs> oh. And my contract was coming up for negotiation. I was like, I don't think I should do a second year of this. <laughs> this is just a little too much. Mm -hmm. But I teach, that, I teach that in my class all the time about how we can lose track yes. of the life, life we're living mm -hmm. by either losing ourselves in the past or constantly catapulting ourselves into a future that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's so important to live in the now because yesterday we can't change. Hopefully we've learned from it. Tomorrow, who knows what's going to be. Right. But you have now, you have this moment well, in time. When we click off here, who mm -hmm. knows what our day is going to we, we have plans, <laughs> but uh -huh. who knows what's really going to happen. <laughs> and that's exciting. Yeah, it is. Every moment, every day, it's, it, it is what it is. And, you know, I'm just grateful for everything. Um, I, I want to ask you, your, your boot, I know you have a boot camp. Uh, I do. It's called Mental Muscle. Uh-huh. And, it, and it's about, I was walk, I was driving to church one Sunday morning and I was stopped at a red light and there were these people um, in a park and the, the trainer was like, get on the ground, give me 20 push-ups," And he's like screaming at them. And I was like, in my head, I was thinking, I wish I had a trainer in my head saying, don't procrastinate, stop thinking those negative thoughts. You know, this is not what's really the truth of you. And between that corner and getting to church, wow. in my head, I created mental muscle. And I walked onto the stage mm -hmm. and during announcements, I said, okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I want 10 people to give me um, 16 weeks, four, uh, four months, and I'm going to put you through a spiritual boot camp. And of course, I had tons, but oh, I took yeah. the first, took mm -hmm. the first 10. And then I was doing spiritual boot camp every, like I would do it for 16 weeks, take about two months off to another one. I have this point done like almost 38 boot camps. Wow. 30, 38. Yeah. 38, six. And then I started doing them um, I did them live, but then I started doing them online to, to accommodate more people. Mm -hmm. So most of my boot camps now are like 100 people. And it takes four months. And there's a different directive each week. Like there's procrastination week. There's no complaining week. There is listening week. There is being present week. So it's like 16 weeks of very vigorous. And there's lots of work to do. My motto is do the work, live the results. Mm -hmm. So it's really wonderful. And I love doing it because I need a boot camp often. Now I didn't do it. We were supposed to do it in January of this year. And I was so overcommitted. I looked at four months of this and I said, I got to put this off for a little bit. Mm. So um, I'm not sure when the next one's going to be, but I then wrote the book and the books had four printings so far. Right. So <clears throat> thousands of people bought the book and people do it on their own too, because the book's designed for you to do it on your own. Okay, so what's the name of the book for the boot camp then? It's called Mental Muscle. Oh, it's Mental Muscle. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they can get it uh, on your website, right? Yes, well, yes. What is your yeah. website? I know, I know it's a globaltruth.org, but what is the other one? There is globaltruthcenter.org, but there's also jamesmellon.org. Okay. If you go to my website, it shows the programs I teach. It, you can get private coaching with me or spiritual counseling, and, um, and you can buy Mental Muscle. And, and you have two centers, right? One is I have two, one's in Palm Desert, mm -hmm. and that is the spiritual center of the desert. It's a beautiful church. It's, it's, it's just so, it's on a whole island. It, it's just a gorgeous uh, facility. And, um, and Global True Center, which is right by your house. In, by by my, my office, yeah, in Westlake. Yes, yeah, in Westlake Village. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and so I love it. I go, one week I'm in Los Angeles. I just got back from Palm Desert late last night. And now I'm here for two weeks and then I go back to Palm Desert for a week. So it's a week here, a week there. I will be there this, this Sunday, right? This um, Sunday. Yeah, I'm so excited you're going to come on Sunday. I have to give you a hug. <laughs> yes, totally. I'll probably give you a hug before the service because I hang out in the back until it starts. Oh, yeah, that, that's fine. I'll wait. I'll wait to come out. Oh, 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 oh yeah. No, I'll fine. do it beforehand. Yeah, okay. and after. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so one, one more time, your, your websites? jamesmellon.org, okay. J-A-M-E-S-M-E-L-L-O-N.org, and then globaltruthcenter.org. Oh, you know, I cannot thank you enough. It, it's amazing how the universe just did like that and said, I know, to know him and, and vice versa. It, it's a, a, 
I always listen. It's that voiceless voice that always says something to me. And thank it's you. all about listening. And thank you for having me. Thank you for, oh, thank you. This, this hour has flown by. I, we could probably sit here for another hour or two. Yes, we can. <laughs> yeah, so um, thank you. I really appreciate getting to talk to you. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. And I want to thank my listeners, you know, for listening. And a big, big thank you to my very special guest, James. And I hope that uh, you heard what you needed to hear. So um, again, thank you so much, James, for being on here today. And My pleasure. And visit me at MotivateYourLife.net. And please subscribe to this YouTube channel, The Spiritual Warrior Coach, because you will hear amazing people such as James on, on this. Uh, I'm on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, and a whole bunch of other places. So uh, again, <laughs> <laughs> which is great and worldwide now. So that's good too. <laughs> so again, you know, thank you for listening and uh, have a beautiful day, a beautiful week filled with love and with light. Love. Barbara.